welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. I'm so excited. I think this is... uh episode 19 <laughs> of the Karen Kenny Show, and uh, I'm delighted. I'm delighted to be here. Uh, for those of you who are um, not watching this broadcast, if you're just listening, you can't see me right now, but for those of you who are watching this and checking it out on the YouTube, uh, you can see, look, I got it. I, I got the top bun in. So top bun getting shit done. You know, when I have a top bun in, I am getting some stuff done. <laughs> so today's been kind of busy. Um, had to run a bunch of errands, talk to some clients and go for a run myself. This bastard, you guys, we have this hill by my house. We have this three mile run, three and a half mile run by my house. It's like all hills. I don't even know why I do it. I'm not even that good of a runner. I just like make myself suffer. And I just laugh the whole time. I'm just like, I'm running this hill with Jesus. Me and Jesus are running this hill. That's what I always say. I'm just like, come on now. Let's go, spiritual team. So I'm still actually a little sweaty and stuff. It's a little gross, not going to lie. But I'm going to shower after this. But here's the deal, you guys. Episode 19. This episode is happening because uh, one of my uh, awesome podcast people, one of, one, one of my team members, is going on vacation. Good for her. And she's like, hey, I need like three episodes from you because I got to do all the show notes and do all the stuff before we go. And I'm just like, uh, I am not used to creating content on demand. Like, that's not the way I roll, right? Like, I just, if you saw one of my Facebook posts today, I always, I call my quote unquote to-do list my get to-do list, right? I get to do shit that I want to do. I kind of have a life now at this age of 50 where I don't do anything I don't want to do. So I'm not like, I don't create on demand, right? I usually get to just have, you know, stuff. I, I don't create or post or put shit on social media unless I feel inspired to. Something moved me, something taught me something, something like made me crack up laughing, something made me sad, something, um, you know, like got me like worked up about something. I want to say something about it, whatever. So this here, this is how awesome my spiritual team is, you guys. So I had already um, recorded episode 18. And then I had also already recorded episode 20 because my friend, uh, Alicia Morelli, who I love, is going to be on the show this month. So I needed 19. And I was like out running errands and I was like, I have no fucking idea what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I got to wait. I, I mean, look, I have a list of shows I could create, but if I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to do it. That's just how I am. Like I, it has to be real and true for me. It has to feel genuine, authentic, but listen to this. So I was talking to my spiritual team and I was like, shit, you guys, like I, I was going to get some corn on the cob and stuff, <laughs> some apples and you know, like good summer veggies and fruit. I was so psyched. And while I'm shopping, I'm like, I need an idea. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. So this is the deal. I go outside and I'm putting the, uh, I'm putting the bags in my car. I got like three bags and some toilet paper or whatever. I'm doing my thing. And I, I shut my car door and I turn and I got my cot with me, right? And all of a sudden, there's this lovely old man. He had to have been like 80 years old, right? 
And he looks good. He's got his chinos on. He's got his little loafers. He's got his shirt. He's looking sharp. He's clean. He's freshly shaved. And he turns to me and he says this. He says, would you like me to take this for you? And he's referring to my cot, right? And I say to him, you mean my cot? And he goes, yeah. I go, why? Do you want to use it? And he says, no. <laughs> so I'm just looking at him and I'm laughing. And all of a sudden, duh, it hits me. He's just returning the cot to the store to be nice. And this is what's so fascinating. I am literally packed one spot away from the cot corral. Like it's right there. That's why I packed there. Because when I'm done loading my groceries, I just, boom, I just bang that sucker right into the cot corral. So I could have easily done it. And I said, oh, the thing's right here. And he says, no, 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 okay, that's okay. I'll do it for you. And you guys, this is all of a sudden it hits me like spiritual team on the job. This is what I'm going to talk about today. So they deliver, man. They're clutch, man. Whenever I need them, like, boom, they, they, they show up. So here's the deal. This is what I want to talk about today. Um, about giving and receiving and what, what your relationships are like. So here's a total stranger who was simply giving out of the kindness of his heart. He was just wanting to be helpful. Because I'm like, do you want to use this cat? And he's like, no. It's not even the cat he wanted. He just wanted to be helpful. And I was like, that right there is a beautiful example of being in service. And I was talking to one of my clients today um, about, um, so there's a saint in India named Neem Karoli Baba. Neem Karoli Baba, um, if you just Google him, you'll find out all about him. And he's known to have like, you know, done these incredible miracles. And he's basically the guru of uh, people like Ram Das and Krishna Das and Bhagavan Das, all the Dases. <laughs> he's, he's kind of the teacher that they, all these American Western kids like went to India to like serve and sit at his feet, right? So he has this great quote, and I'm like paraphrasing it a little bit, but he basically says this. He says, love pe he says, um, um, serve people, feed people, love people, know God. And I really love this. I could talk a lot about the feed people part, but let's just talk about the serve people part. So when you just serve for the sake of serving and giving, doing it because you want to, not because you have to, and not because it's transactional, right? So when you are in service to others, it's a powerful, powerful way to know God, right? And I really believe this. So here's what I wanted to talk about. So that gentleman and I, first of all, he was a total stranger. He was an old man. He was probably never, ever going to see me again. He didn't have to be helpful to me. He just wanted to be helpful to me. So that was not a transactional relationship. And here's what I'm seeing more and more and more of these days. And I was talking to my other friend, uh, Amber, about this the other day. I was talking about how I see so many relationships in the entrepreneurial world, number one. I see so many romantic and love, like marriages, dating relationships that uh, in the world who also fall into this category I'm going to talk about. So what I'm seeing a lot of is transactional relationships and then also what I kind of call political relationships. And my friend Licia and I were also talking about this. So obviously this has been in the air and on my mind because it's coming up and for a lot of different people. And one of my clients today too, um, you know, she was out and she was just like delivering food to people. Uh, people who, uh, I don't know the full story, but obviously people who either didn't have access to get these meals, they didn't have a car or they're sick or they're homebound or they're stuck or they're whatever. And so she was doing it. And um, she was doing it to be of service. And also, because I'm going to talk about this part of it, 
because you get something back. It might not be money, it might not be whatever, but we're gonna talk about that. Okay, so let me refocus on transactional relationships. So this is what I see a lot of, and it starts when we're very fucking young, you guys. It starts when we're very, 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 very young. Here's what we learn about love, transactional love, conditional love, because that's what this world is really built on. And I'm gonna do a whole other episode around choosing love over fear, and what that really means, what kind of love Course in Miracles means when it says that love, love over fear, choosing love over fear. Okay, so here's the deal. So many people are in what I would call conditional love relationships, aka special love relationships, and they tend to be very transactional. So it starts when we're little kids. So we're little kids. We come into the world as babies, right? Uh, we come into the illusion, the big dream as babies. And we are completely dependent on other people. We can't feed ourselves. We can't clothe ourselves. We can't change our own diapers. We can't do, we can't do shit. We're like babies, right? We're like useless, right? You know what I mean? But, but why I say useless, like we can't do anything, right? So we are dependent on the world to take care of us. So, so much of our feedback that we receive is coming from outside of us, okay? So it's basically like what we learn when we're young is, oh, well, if I do this, I get attention. If I do this, they come and they feed me, right? There's always this like exchange going on. When we start to get a little bit older and we can actually start to understand words and stuff like that, um, and maybe even not just words, just like vibes. Like seriously, when we, when we are little kids, we are like little sponges and we're so aware usually of our environment. We pick up on everything. And this is why I say to parents all the time, you better, be, you better check yourself because everything that you say and do, if you don't think those little buggers are picking that stuff up, you're nuts. And you don't even have to say stuff sometimes. They can just energetically feel. I mean, come on, mothers, think about it. This little bean was in your body for nine months. They were hearing you do everything, whether you were eating, crying, laughing, pooping, having sex, talking to your partner, like whatever you were doing, right? In the car, going to work, complaining, like everything was like being like filtered through that other little being that was sharing the space. So, you know, little kids are wicked sensitive, but we're, we're teaching them from a very young age, especially if you have parents that were, um, very performance focused. Like if you're a good girl, you get the ice cream cone. If you're good and you behave, mommy and daddy will love you. Right? So I have a bunch of friends who, um, they were, they were raised in environments where performing like a little fucking poodle, like getting the little ribbon, being the good girl, the good boy, or getting the pat on the head. Right? So we're taught from a young age. Oh, love isn't just given freely most of us, right? Oh, I have to meet certain conditions. So if I do this, I get that. If you do that, I'll give you this. It's very transactional, these relationships. That's not love. And that's not unconditional love. That's human love. That's very human love, right? Tit for tat. You do this, I do this. And we see it in adult relationships too. You know, um, we want people to behave a particular way. So as long as you play by my rules, as long as you give me what I want, as long as you fulfill my needs, as long as you do this, all right, I'll love you back. Very transactional relationships. And you see it in business a lot too. Hey, I'll give your event a shout out, but I expect, I might not even tell you it, right? I'm not talking about me. I expect you to do a shout out about my event. So we have a lot of these relationships that are tit for tat and they're not really based in service. They're not really based in um, 
selfless giving, right? It's very transactional. And then we have these other relationships that are kind of what I call political, which is I'm in this relationship, maybe don't want to super be in this relationship, but to leave this relationship or change this relationship might have consequences. So I'm just going to fucking stand here for a little bit and smile, which really is like a grimace because I'm not actually down with this person or this group or this um, whatever thing is being passed or whatever is happening, but I'm just going to stand here and grin and bear it because I have to. We think we have to, right? So all of these relationships are based on I'm going to put up with this because I need something from you. I'm going to stay in this relationship because whatever it is, I want your money. I want your attention. I get some sort of status from knowing you or being with you. I know that you're going to be doing this thing and you have a really big platform. And so I want to be friends with you. Right. And it's all this fucking like manipulation. There's all this stuff going on. Now hear me loud and clear. You guys, I'm not saying all friendships and all relationships are like this. But it just struck me so much today when that old gentleman just came up to me and just wanted to be helpful. And I think about that a lot because here's, here's the thing. Um, so for the last 20 some odd years, okay, um, my meditation teacher, um, Eknath Ashwaran, um, Ashwaran is dead. I, there's a lot of my teachers who are like dead and I never got to meet them in person, but I got to learn about them, through them, with them, whether it was through books, or through video, or just um, like tradition or culture, right? Like it's been, the lineage has been passed down, like Rapalu Yoga, etc. So Ashwaran has been—he's like my spiritual grandfather, and I love EE man. <laughs> I love Ashwaran so much, and all my clients benefit from my love of him because I pass him on to them, and then they're like, "Oh my God!" Is and they often ask me, "Can I put Ashwaran on my spiritual team too?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I don't own him. He's amazing." Um, but he talks a lot about, um, in his eight point program of passage meditation. So I, I practice practice passage meditation. I also, um, will sometimes, you know, obviously just sit in quiet and contemplation and prayer and all that. But my form of, of meditation is what's called passage meditation. And one of the things that he talks about in passage meditation is that you, um, basically pick a passage from a spiritual tradition or book or whatever that really resonates with you and you meditate upon it. So even the Buddha says, we become what we think. We become what we focus upon. We become where we place the mind continuously and consistently. Okay. So the, the, the prayer that I, that I have been meditating on for over 20 years is the prayer of St. Francis. Okay. So in the prayer of St. Francis at the end, there's a line and it basically why I love the prayer of St. Francis. And maybe I'll do a whole episode. I could do a whole episode on the prayer of St. Francis and St. Francis is my guy for a lot of reasons, but I have been placing my mind on the daily on these words because what we focus on, we become and why I love this prayer. And I'll go more deeply into it another time is that it's a call to action. It's not a prayer that's asking um, God to, to give you anything, some rewards, whether it's financially or uh, romantically um, with your job, with, 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 with um, tangible things like cars and houses. It's not that it's actually a prayer that asks, please basically use me. Please let me be an instrument of your peace. And it says things like, where there is hatred, let me sow love. And it goes on and on and on. And at the end, it basically says, may, I no, may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. So it's all these things. It's like, I'm not asking for these things from me. 
I want to be able to give these things. And there's a line in St. Francis's prayer that says, for it is in giving that we receive. And I've thought about this for a long time. And in A Course in Miracles, Lesson 108, it basically says, to give and to receive, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but to give and to receive are one. It's the same thing. So I've been thinking about this a lot. And so uh, I'm going to appeal to even the part of you that might just be a little bit selfish. So here's what I know to be true, right? So in, in a lot of my, um, the causes that I love, right? There are people, I have friends in the world who are, who are doing work that I'm just so passionate about. And those are the people you often see on my podcast as my guests, right? Whether they're, they're teaching about race and diversity and culture and inclusion, or they're teaching about um, using love, right? Using love in politics, Marianne Williamson, or whether it's about, you know, um, um, ending domestic violence against women, or it's about my friends who have animal sanctuaries or in dog rescue. Okay. So I volunteer locally sometimes, once in a blue moon, at my friend's, um, my friend's um, dog rescue, Peace and Paws Dog Rescue. And people will always be, and she always thanks me, right? My friend Melissa, Melissa and Bo, who run Peace and Paws, they'll always, you know, send me a text afterwards. They're my beloved friends. I love them to death. And they'll always say to me, thank you so much for coming today to hang out with the dogs and play with the dogs. They love it so much, and we love seeing you. And I always, like, laugh. I'm like, do, I'm like, I'm coming to volunteer, quote, unquote, volunteer, like, at Peace and Paws. And I just, I always say to her, I get so much out of that. Putting me on the floor with a bunch of crazy dogs and puppies and getting to play and pet them and love them. Like, are you kidding me? That's not a gig. That's not work for me. That's not hard for me. I can do that all day long, right? So it's like to give is to receive. And that's a really easy example, right? Because I'm giving something, quote unquote, my time, my love, my affection, right? And yeah, I'm a busy person. Like who isn't, right? I don't glorify busy. It's just the way it is. and it's important to me that I do that. So when I can't give money, I give time. If I can't give time, I do a social media shout out, right? Like I always try to find a way to be helpful in some way. So what I have gotten over the years, over the 20 years of hearing and over 26 plus years of being a Course in Miracles student, giving and receiving are one, they're the same. When you give, you receive. So even if you're a selfish motherfucker, like if you're just wicked selfish and you start to get like, oh, when I do this, I receive this and I'm talking in an emotional way now. See, it's not transactional for me. When I give, here's something I learned the hard way. And if you've done this, I know I'm a little scattered and I'm a little all over the place. It's because I'm getting excited and all these ideas are popping into my head. So I'm going to try to, and we're back, right? So I've learned the hard ways over the years. That if you give with an expectation of receiving, you're in deep shit. One of the smartest things I ever heard, and I, I heard it from many people in many places over the year, but um, it really was drilled home too. I think Dave Ramsey, the, the financial guy, has said something about this. Like, and I've heard other people, and I really believe this. Don't ever loan money that you can't afford to not get back, especially to your friends or your family members. Don't ever loan money. If you're going to loan money, just make it a gift. Just say, this is a gift. I'm talking about personal loans. I'm not talking about going to the bank and all this stuff. Because here's the thing. If you, if you give with the expectation of giving it back and they, for whatever reason, aren't able to give it back, I've seen more relationships get destroyed 
based on expectations. You've all have heard me say this before. If you listen to the show or have listened to all the episodes, right? Expectations are premeditated resentments. So if you can't give freely, I always say then don't give. If you're giving with expectation, well, I'm going to give you this because really secretly I'm going to manipulate you to get something back. Like I'm expecting something back. I'm like, that is not a gift. That is a fucking hook. That is not a gift. That is, excuse me, a transactional relationship. And those aren't the kinds of relationships we want to be having with the people we quote unquote supposedly love, right? That's not giving freely. So if you're going to give... It's not about tit for tatting. And, and there's this incredible book, you guys, that I read when I was 18, no, 19, 19 or 20 years old. I think it was by Melody Beattie. She did a lot of books on like um, codependency and stuff like that. And I think it's by her, but I could be wrong. But I just will never forget reading this book called Women Who Give Too Much. Okay. I will never forget, this is back in the day when I was a little bit more of a drama queen. (laughs) So I remember being in my apartment on Beacon Street in Kenmore Square. I went to BU. I went to Boston University. I had a couple of roommates, all my roommates pretty much. Well, except for Christy. Most of them are like rich. So I was like this like poor kid from Lawrence living in this apartment. It's a story for another day, running out of money. And, uh, but one thing I always found was books. I always be like, I'm like, I might have to be eating bagels and ramen noodles. And, and, you know, at the time, bologna sandwiches on, on white wonder bread with mustard. (laughs) But I always had money for books. I would always make sure that I had books. So I find this book, women who love too much. I remember reading it. I remember laying on the futon in the living room with my head in somebody's lap like reading it and I just freaked out because I'm reading this book and it started to describe me to me. And I realized that I was a woman, I mean, I was a young woman, but I was a woman who had created these habits and these behaviors of giving too much of myself to my boyfriends, to my partners, to people in my life. But when I realized from reading this book is not only what I was doing, but why I was doing it. And when I realized that it really had to do with low self-worth and low self-value and not seeing myself as valuable and also how it was codependent and a little bit manipulative, like I lost my shit. I will never forget it. I got up from the couch. I threw a bunch of stuff in my room. I snapped and uh, I left the apartment. And my roommates were like really concerned for me, but I was having like, I don't know if I was having a breakdown or a breakthrough, but I will never forget realizing how transactional I was being in my life and how it didn't feel good. It felt like shit actually. And it felt like, and I'm just going to be honest. I'm not saying that this is a judgment about anybody who does this. I'm talking about me personally, please hear me loud and clear. I realized I'm like, what a weak stance. What a weak state of mind. If you're behaving in this way, thinking that you're lacking somehow, like I need to do these things. Like I need to show up this way because this is what I really think about myself. It was like getting punched in the face with the truth. You know what I'm saying? And that book, that's one of those books, like boom, like changed my life. So if any of you are out there and you have, um, if you are, uh, what I would call a, um, 
a taker in disguise, a taker disguised as a giver, right? A transactional person, but really it shows up a lot in codependent relationships. Get that book, Women Who Give Too Much. It must be in a new reprint or something by now because that was like 30 some odd years ago. But that sucker woke me right up. And I, and I realized that I was not giving freely. Um, I was always giving with an expectation. Um, and it wasn't really, it, I have to be honest, you guys, it wasn't um, knowingly manipulative. I was just doing, I was really doing the best that I could. I was a kid. My mother had only been dead for like, you know, five years or whatever it was. I was trying to figure out this being on my own. You know, I was been on my own from the time I was 17 and I was really clumsy and I was trying to get my needs met and I was trying to get love, but also give love. But it was like love disguised as like this other thing. And so it was like really, really powerful. So I try to be really intentional in my life now. And this is what I always say to my friends, right? I'm not going to do things anymore that I don't want to do. I don't go places I don't want to go to. And look, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you have to go and do the adult thing, the spiritually mature thing, the right thing. Like, yeah, you, you might be somebody who just hates funerals or hates wakes or doesn't want to do things, but you do it because it's the right thing to do. You know what I'm saying? I don't have a problem with funerals and stuff like that, but I'm just saying there are times in our lives where, yeah, sometimes we just got to do it. Like you got to pay your taxes. You know what I mean? Just things you got to do as an adult. But I'm just talking about in general, I no longer do things that I don't want to do. I don't do things transactionally. I'm not going to tit for tat. If I feel like giving your event, your, um, your podcast, your whatever you're doing, a shout out, I'm going to do it because I want to do it. I don't let anybody twist my arm. I don't do it because I, I, I'm really, like, when I say shop, I mean, like, I'm shop with myself. Like, I keep a close eye on my intentions and my motives. I'm really clear, like, why are you doing this? And if I even get a tiny sniff a tiny sniff of transactional shit. Like I stop myself. I'm like, you better get really clear. And if you're going to give this thing, you better give it no strings attached, right? You give it no strings attached because if you don't, you guys, what happens is you will end up incredibly fucking resentful. And the reason why I brought up that book, Women Who Do Too Much, is I found that when you give and give and give and give and give, if you're a person who gives and gives and gives and gives and gives and then whines and moans and bitches and complains that nobody gives back to you, right? If you are a Mata and you are somebody who's going to like bitch and moan and whine and complain about the fact that you've given so much, I'm like, nobody's asking you to. Nobody's making you. And that's one of the things that I discovered about my very much youngest self is that I gave things with an expectation. And here's the deal, you guys. I often say, like everybody talks about their love languages, right? The love languages of gifts or attention or physical affection or words of affirmation or whatever your thing is, right? We tend to love, we tend to give love in the way that we would like to receive it back. We are constantly broadcasting to the people around us how to treat us, what makes us happy, what we really want, Hopefully you're hooked up with some people who see that and get you and pay close enough attention to, to, to get the signals, right? But sometimes we just got to come right out and say, this is what I want. So a lot of people will be giving in a way that they would like to receive. So I would like leave little notes and I would go above and beyond and I would cook favorite meals and I would always have presents and I would give and give and give and give <sighs> to the point where I was exhausted. And when I was much younger, I just felt like, it just felt shitty because it wasn't balanced. I wasn't choosing people 
who were, was able to reciprocate. Now that I'm much older, I'm really picky about who's in my, wh whether you want to call it my, my circle of friends, my inner circle, the people who, my people as I call them, right? It's like, because here, here's the thing. I'm just going to say this. this. I found this really fascinating, okay? So um, at a very young age, because of like my childhood and maybe I was just a sensitive kid, which I know I was, but I guess what I'm saying is, I, I'm really good at picking up on what the people around me feel and what the people around me like, what the people around me need. Um, I don't miss much. And I don't say that like I'm special. It, it was really a survival tactic, okay, that I have now used and turned into um, a gift or to my advantage in a, in a nice way, <laughs> not a manipulative way. Um, and so my skill set is knowing how to love. Um, that's one thing I can say I know I'm pretty good at, okay? There's a lot of shit I'm not good at. <laughs> but seeing people, hearing people, receiving people, loving people, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at. Um, and I had a therapist one time uh, who was a relationship expert, uh, Daphne Rose Kingma. And I'll tell you all about Daphne another time. I have some good stories about her. Um, and I love Daphne. Google her. Look her up. She has incredible books. She's been on Oprah a bunch of times. She's been on Larry King. She's a relationship expert, like, like legit, okay, from California. She's gorgeous. I love Daphne so much. She's like one of my second moms. Okay. D Daphne once said to me one time, um, and she was like, I kind of feel bad saying this. And I was like, no, lay it on me. Like, what's up? She said, I kind of feel like you're going to move through this life almost always kind of being disappointed in your relationships because people don't know how to love at the level that you love. People don't know how to give at the level that you give. And that was a really powerful thing. And I've always been kind of aware of that and, and realizing that I can't expect other people to be able to um, show up the same way that I can show up. That's my particular skill set. Like, it's like my sweetie can't expect me to pick up a guitar and be able to play that tool and like make that instrument sing the way that he can. That's his, that's his skill set. My skill set just happens to be people, right? So when I stopped having an expectation that other people were going to get it and do it the way that I would do it, man, did things change because I wasn't having this transactional thing anymore. I wasn't expecting them to be able to give and show up. And yeah, of course, there have been times in my life when I've been frustrated or disappointed, you know, and it's like that whole, that whole thing, especially because, you know, I'm heterosexual. I have, you know, romantic relationship while well, I'm married, you know what I'm saying? But I always dated dudes, right? Um, so it's like one of those things where it was like, well, one time, I, well, that's a story for another day. <laughs> All right. And we're back. Okay. So, um, so the men in my life, you know, men process, not always, but very often men process differently than men. And I, I had, an, I had a, a, an awareness or an enlightenment at one point where I realized that, and I'm talking about like my, my, my father, my biological father, my stepdad, a lot of the men in my life. It's like I realized that, I want to say this so it really makes sense. So I'm going to, I'm going to just pause and be careful or mindful with my words. It was not very loving of me to ask them to give something that they were not capable of giving. Do you hear that? Do you see what I'm, what I mean by that? So if I have an expectation of you or I perceive myself as lacking in needing something for you, which is just insane, fearful thinking, if I perceive myself not as the child of God that I am, if I perceive myself as broken or wounded or hurt or whatever the thing is, if I'm showing up from a place of scarcity and lack, 
expecting somebody else to fix me, heal me, fill me, complete me. Oh, that fucking Jerry Maguire movie, you guys, please, right? It was like the worst thing that could have happened to women. That I love that movie, but that line just, I was like, oh, you just set women back so far because now they're like, they want the guy that completes them or the chick that completes them. I'm like, no, right? Anyways, if you show up from a place of lack, expecting somebody else to make you whole or complete you or fix you or heal you, and you're giving with the intention of getting, you're in big trouble. And it's just not fair to ask the people in your life to give things that they're not capable of giving. That's not loving. That's not kind. And I just had to have a realization that there are, are uh, adult men in my life who weren't able to be or to sign, like show up with the assigned roles that they had. And if, if any of you are out there and you've had like people in your life, whether it's your parents, your mom, your dad, your, your grandparents, whatever you wanted, whatever your expectation was, if you're trying to get something from them that they're not able to give, not only is it going to break your heart, it's going to create all this tension and stuff. So, so much of this work, you guys, it's like, and I'm, I'm going to circle back now to my main point. All right. Um, give to give. Give because you want to give. Give because you have an abundance to give. Give because it makes you happy. No strings attached, no hooks, no manipulation, no transactional relationships. There are going to be times in business, right, where you both agree, hey, I'm going to promote your event, you can promote my event. But it's like a decided upon fair agreement of love and support. But it's way different to keep doing it. You know how many modders I know? You know how many women I know? A lot of coaches that I see out there that are doing stuff under the guise of being loving and giving, but on the inside, they're seething, seething with the rage, like the anger about what they're not getting back. I give it, I give it, I give. If you hear yourself saying that, you have put yourself, you have put yourself in a relationship and in an experience where you're going to be let down and possibly pissed off. So this is an opportunity to just think about. Um, when I give, and whether it's I create content, right? This show for me is a give. I don't get paid to do this podcast. I'm not, like, you know, when I say I'm not getting, I, you know what I get from this podcast? I get the joy and satisfaction of getting to sit up here in my weirdo little closet, tell stories to you guys. This is a way for me to serve and to give love. This is a way for me to hopefully, I always say, I either want to educate, elevate, or entertain. I just want to be helpful and valuable in some way. I've been saying this prayer, St. Francis prayer, for like over 20 years, you know? And it's really about, please help me to be an instrument of thy peace. Like, use me. Please use me. And this is the way I, I said to my friend Kristen the other day, you know, I just look at myself as like God's assistant. And I just want to be the best assistant to God that I can be. I want this body of mine, this meat puppet. It's not me. It's just a vessel. It's a tool that I use while I'm here. I let the Holy Spirit use my body to be helpful in some way. And I just want to use it to serve, right? I want to use it to serve. Yeah, you know, I, I, the things I do for money, it's just because that's how it works in this world, right? I got to have a mortgage. I got to put food on the table, like whatever. Some things are just going to naturally be transactional. Like that's the deal between employers and employees. I do the work, you pay me some money. But we don't want that in our love, like friendships. 
we don't want that in our romantic relationships, our marriages, who we're dating or sleeping. Like, it just gets creepy as shit, man. That just gets weird. And if it gets out of balance, if you aren't fulfilling your own needs and you're giving to get, whoo, you just might as well just get, be prepared to be pissed off right now. Be prepared to be res resentful right now. So I want you to really start to look at, and me too, you guys, this is always an invitation for me to put my, put my love glasses on, to put my Jesus glasses, as I say, put those on and take a look through the lens to get real honest with myself and to be really loving, be loving and compassionate, but like honest and say, wow, which of my friendships have become really transactional? And if they've become imbalanced, and I've been getting whoever, I'm going to use me, right? And I'm, I'm in balance and I'm pissed off about it. You better love your friend enough to say something. Don't walk around pissed off. And this is, this is a whole uh, another episode for another day, but I'm going to mention it. I'm going to tap into it here. Back in the day where I grew up in Lawrence, Mass., we, we, we might even be loyal to a fault, right? We might be loyal to a fault, but Lawrence kids are loyal. Lawrence kids are like friends for life. Lawrence kids in the house. We are like friends for life. A lot of what I see now is very transactional. Why do you think the marriage rate, the divorce rate, I should say, is like over 50%? Because at some point, people get dissatisfied. Their needs, they perceive their needs as not being met. And so they're just like, oh, I'm out. Back in the day, like everybody likes to talk about, oh, this is my ride or die. This is my ride or die, which I'm always like, why do we get, like, there's that joke, like, why do we got to die, right? So you're going to, I just feel like, can't we just have some spiritually mature friendships where we're allowed to disagree? We're allowed to get quote unquote mad at each other. We're allowed to be disappointed and to look at things right from a new angle. And like Tim's story, Tim's story, who's a, who's a great, <laughs> a great teacher and coach and, and, um, uh, I always say he's, he's one of God's kids for sure. He's a preacher. He preaches in LA. I love Tim's story. I, I hope to meet Tim's story and I want to be on Tim's story show and I want to have Tim's story on my show. So if anybody's listening and you know Tim's story, hook a sister up because I'm a big time legit like, mm, love that Tim's story. So anyways, he said this thing one time on his show that he said, you know, sometimes, you know, as people are growing, as people are on their path, sometimes you just got to let people suck sometimes you just got to let people suck. And this is part of the growth thing. Can we just give each other a little more room to suck sometimes? I'm not talking suck in really like ways that are like malicious and heartbreaking and brutal and violent. I'm just saying sometimes we're going to be a little clumsy. So as we're starting to figure out relationships better, the sign of a true friendship is you can make mistakes. You can make mistakes and you can still be loved. And that's a whole other thing for another day that I'm going to talk about. You know, when you have the realization like, oh, I can make mistakes and I'm still lovable, that's like really big. And to have friendships that aren't transactional, that aren't political, that are really based on true, genuine, true, blue, diehard, real deal, holy field love, like you guys, that is so rare and it's so important. So if you have some people in your life who are not transacting you, who are not like doing the political thing with you, who are going to love you and stand by you and, and and love you enough to call you on the blind spots to your bullshit. This is what we want in our relationship. So again, circle back and we're back. I want to invite you and myself to be taking a look at the current state of our relationships, the current state of our friendships, right? Where are we giving in a way where we're hoping for, fingers crossed, double dutch, whatever, trying to get something back? 
where are we giving freely? And if we're not giving freely, it's because we actually believe that we're lacking something. Think about that, man. Let, let, let that kind of like sink in. If we're giving, trying to get, it's because we believe that we're actually lacking something. And how can a child of God be lacking anything? I'm not talking like here in this physical, I mean, like ultimately as a spiritual being, how can we actually be lacking anything? So I often think about this when A Course in Miracles says uh, it, it, to give is to receive. And St. Francis says it's in giving that we receive. It's in pardoning that we are pardoned. It's in forgiving that we forgive. And Marianne Williamson once said, and it's, it's um, an inspiration from A Course in Miracles, but she basically says the only thing that could ever be lacking in any situation is the love. It's what I'm not giving. It's what I'm not giving. Look, and let me be really clear here. That doesn't mean that you become a doormat and you just give and give and give and give and give until you're exhausted. And look, sometimes let's call a spade a spade. As a parent, as a parent, especially as a mother, I'm not, you know, I'm, dads, you give a lot too. I'm not saying that, right? But a lot of times women, <laughs> we tend to be, who here, double amen hands, who, who's an overgiver? Right. My coaches, I was in this, uh, this business coaching program for like two years. And one of the feedback I would get is like, you overgive, you over deliver all the time, which is okay. If it doesn't deplete me, if it doesn't make me upset, if I don't feel resentful, but if I'm over giving because I don't believe in something like I overgive because that's just me. I've always been that hyper responsible kid. I always love to go above and beyond, right? I love surprises and delights. I love to give. <laughs> Giving is one of the ways that I receive. Do you hear what I'm saying? I love to give presents. I love to give love. I love to, to cheerlead people and do shout outs because I, let's just call it what it is. I love to be of service, yes, but I get so much from that. I get so much joy from seeing other people happy. I really do, right? So maybe it's like, yeah, maybe it's a little selfish, but I don't think anybody's getting hurt in that. <laughs> I just love to give. And look, I'm not perfect. I'm just saying I want to invite us into looking at, do I just do things to be kind? right? Do I do them because it, um, it's the right thing to do, right? We don't want to be doing things, you guys transactionally, because that's not real love. That's conditional love. And it is possible to be here in this world and to lean more and more, to strengthen that unconditional love muscle. You know, and this is why, you know, couples, it's actually possible to divorce or to split up or to change your relationship. What A Course in Miracles says, I'm paraphrasing, is that when, when, when a relationship ends, the only thing that's changing is the form. The form of the relationship ends. Like maybe you're not husband and wife or partners anymore. Maybe you're not boyfriend, girlfriend, or girlfriend, girlfriend, or whatever. Maybe you're not even friends anymore. But if we can hold on to just all the love that was given and received, then that relationship served its purpose. So when we're not trying to get shit from each other. We're not trying to manipulate and come at each other from our places of weakness. You know, Course in Miracles has a beautiful line that I love. And I was just telling a client about it today. And this is, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, I can always choose to see the weakness in me, meaning identify with the ego part of me that believes that I'm broken and separate from God. I can always choose to believe like the weakness in me, or I can choose to focus on the strength of Christ in me. And if you don't like the word Christ, put in love, goodness, power. I don't care what you call it, but it's like, I choose to focus on the strength of Christ in me. And if I focus on that, I don't need you to give me anything. Do you see what I'm saying? 
I'm not talking about business relationships or employee relationships where that is a, that's an, un, that's a, just a, a given, right? I work for you. You give me a paycheck or whatever. So if any part of this like spoke to you, I, I, I would love to hear like you guys, you know, when I'm up here in the podcast closet, like I am talking at you, like we can't, right? But I feel like I'm talking with you. This is an invitation to a conversation. So we'd love to hear what you think about this. And if any part of this landed with you, you know, I always used to say to my yoga students uh, during class, uh, I taught, you know, I've been a yoga teacher for over 20 years and I had a studio. Some of you might not know that. Somebody said to me the other day, I didn't even know you were a yoga teacher. It's like, yeah, I've been a yoga teacher for like over 20 years, but I used to have a studio. And so I had, I had students all the time. And they would say to me, um, I would say to them, don't be stingy with your breath. Like, don't hold your breath in class. But I would also say, don't be stingy with your love. And what we often do is we decide which little group of people that we're going to give our love to, whether it's your kids or your partner or your nuclear family, right? But it's like, that's not how love works. We have to give love freely or we're not giving it at all. Do you see what I'm saying? This is just a different way of looking at things. So. To give is to, the, to receive. So just be thinking about how you can take, I think of it like hooks, like literally, think, I think about these big metal hooks that like gunk. So if I give you a present, like I can't tell you, I can't tell you, right? There's a difference between this. Let me give you an example. There have been times when somebody has sent me a, a card or a present, okay? And I receive it. And I might not let them know right away that I got it, or I might not say thank you right away. And my sweetie, my sweetie taught me a lot about this because I, I am quick to say thank you and I'm quick to acknowledge things and he's slower. And one time I, I said to him, did you see the thing or whatever, whatever it was? And he said, sweetie, sometimes you have to give me a little more time to respond. You have to give me a little more time to like say thank you or whatever the thing was. And I thought that was such a powerful thing. So I've noticed this more in my life, right? The older I get. So there are people in my life who have gifted me things. And I like to take my time. Sometimes I want to send a note back in the mail. So it might take two weeks. Sometimes I want to wait till I can sit down and write a nice note, you know, or type it out and email it or whatever I'm going to do or make a video or whatever I'm going to do. So sometimes I need a little more breathing room to respond because I like to process and I like to think about what I'm going to say. And it's like, they'll send a thing and then immediately they're writing to me, did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? And I'm like, this doesn't feel, and I understand now there's a difference energetically between, hey, I didn't put a tracking number on this thing. I, I, didn't, I didn't go full out and spend the extra three bucks at USPS, right? The post office. So they just want to literally know, did you get it? Did it arrive safely? That's one thing. I can feel energetically whether it's a hook or not a hook. There are people who give. And I'm like, they're just fucking sitting there at the house waiting for me to say thank you. And that doesn't feel good. And so you know what I do sometimes? Because I can be a little bit of a dick in this way. I'll just take a little longer because I don't like getting the hooks in me. I don't like getting the hooks in me. 98% of the time I'll respond with, yes, I got it. Thank you. But now I feel like I, now I'm being rushed and I don't have a chance to be able to develop the authentic response I wanted to respond with. Do you see what I'm saying? So if you're giving to be told that you're good, if you're giving to be told that you're lovable, if you're giving from a place of lack or neediness, guys, that's not a gift. And of course, a miracle says, and so do like most of the other thoughts, like spiritual traditions, that there's only one. There's just the one. There's just one of us, right? Ultimately here. 
So all minds are joined. So something happens over here in Chicago, on some level, we can feel it over here in New Hampshire, right? So if somebody is um, giving with the intention of hooking me, I can energetically feel that hook. And so what I just decided as I've gotten older is I'm pulling everybody's hooks out of me. Uh, whatever the, your expectations are, whatever your things are, please be an adult and communicate with me. But I'm not playing that game anymore. And I stopped casting my own line a long time ago. I stopped casting my own line, trying to hook you too, to get my own needs met. You know what? I meet my own needs. I meet my own needs. That way, if I give you anything, I give it because I want to. And do you know how much easier that makes relationships? You guys think about this. So I think I started to say this earlier and I, I didn't complete my thought, right? I don't do anything that I don't want to do. So if I'm with you, it's because I want to be there. If I give you a compliment, it's because I mean it. Not because, like, I'm not one of those people who's on social media, and every time one of my friends posts something, I don't have to rush and go, amazing, oh my God, girl, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, like, I'm gorgeous. I say to my friends all the time, jokingly, I don't think every single thing that you do is amazing. I love you. I think you're an amazing child of God, but I don't have to, I don't have to be your fluffer, your professional fluffer to make you feel better about yourself. When something moves me, I will respond. So if I respond to something, you can count your ass. You can count your chickens <laughs> that it's genuine. I'm saying it because I want to, not because I have to, not because I'm playing some game. It's like, so this is what I'm saying. This is how we learn to love freely. This is how we learn to love without conditions. I'm not perfect, you guys. I blow it. I'm sure I blow it all the time. I'm sure I'm clumsy more times than I care to remember or count, but I'm trying to get better all the time to just remove the blocks to love so that I just am love and I don't have to play any of these games. I don't have to have expectations, right? So I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Let's take a fearless moral inventory. Let's take a fearless look at our relationships and get really clear how we're showing up transactionally. And maybe we have some friendships that are also feeling a little transactional or political or not so great anymore. And if we love these people enough and we care to keep these relationships alive and well, if we care enough to make the relationship work and be healthy, please speak up and say, hey, I noticed we have this, this vibe going on. We have this thing going on. It doesn't feel good anymore. It's not working for me. And then you both get to decide if it's time to wrap up that friendship or to say, hey, let's change the way we're doing this. I love you too much to let this thing get in the way. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you feeling me? So if you, if you, any part of this was helpful or valuable to you, or you have a question or an aha or a thought, man, would I love to hear from you. That, that's what makes me so excited. So you can shoot me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook, like whatever, all, I always say whatever, however the cool kids are uh, communicating these days, but also tell me a story, right? Tell me a story about a time when you gave with an expectation and what that felt like and how good it feels to just do things. Like, that's why I think it like, I was telling my friend who's out delivering meals today something very powerful about feeding people something very powerful about feeding people and nurturing them and nourishing them I believe it is one of the ways to know God like deeply and um, it feels really good it feels really good to just give and you receive so much from it it's just the law it, it's like karma is just like that too karma is simply science it is a natural 
give and take response. It's a flow of energy. So when you give, if there's really only one of us here, think about this. We're going to go quantum physics now. We're going to go big mind now. If there's really only one of us here, when you give, of course you receive because you're giving to yourself. When you forgive a brother or sister, you are forgiving yourself. When you feed a brother or sister, in a way you are feeding yourself. This is how it works, you guys. This is the real love. This is the real love. The divine love that is, that is steady and unchanging. So try to give with the purest of intention of not expecting anything back. Unless that's an agreed upon thing, like this is how we do this relationship. Employer, employee, whatever the thing is, right? And there are times when it makes sense. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's a win-win, but it has to be a win-win because if it gets imbalanced, that shit's going to get weird real fast. You know what I'm saying? All right, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, uh, I'm not even sure. Maybe I'm just going to let my podcast people decide what they're going to call this one to give us to receive uh, transactional relationships. I don't know. I don't know what this sucker is going to be called, but I hope in some way, uh, something that I shared from my hat also landed in yours. Um, you guys, I see you. I celebrate you. I appreciate you so much. I really do. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>